Okay, so on this episode of My Sister Said Podcast, today I'm going to be talking to you about um, what it looks like to heal from spiritual abuse. How can you tell you're getting better? How can you tell you're healing? And um, what that's going to look like. And then I'm also going to share with you the one thing. Actually, it's like one and a half, but the one thing that help me just fast track my healing and that I will recommend to every single person I see, you know, if I could, right? So I'm going to recommend that to you. I'm going to tell you how it helped, why it helped. And um, yeah, that's just, that's basically it. Okay, let's get started. This is My Sister Said Podcast, and I'm your host, Uche Amaneke. So you might know me from my YouTube channel and know that I'm all about that active faith life. But I also know there are a lot of religious institutions and churches that keep hurting people. So we really need to deal with this because it's messing up a lot of people's lives. So let's talk about it. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, it's Uche. Welcome to my lessons from our predatory church series. And if you've never been here before, if you've never, um, if you've never been to, if this is your first time listening, um, thank you. appreciate it. Glad you're here. And, and this little series is all about spiritual abuse, how to heal from it, how to identify it, um, you know, how to protect yourself from it. And just, I just want this to be just a place of learning and healing. So we're going to talk about that all here, every part of it. Okay. So, cause if you don't know me, so I have my own spiritual abuse journey that I'm was talking about, um, publicly online, which led to me being uh, discarded and kicked out of my church in 2020. And that was hella devastating. And you know, all the stuff that comes with it. Blech. So anyways, we're, I'm going to talk about that journey also in here kind of, but mostly this is just for education and what's helped me throughout. Um, cause I had never experienced anything like this before. And so, yeah, I just want this, at least my hell to help someone. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. So I'm going to stop talking. Um, so if you're wondering the reason why I, uh, called this, my, my series and I call my church and any toxic church or predatory church is because, um, from what I've seen in my research, from what I've heard from stories, a predatory church is basically a church with narciss narcissistic personality disorder, okay? What a lot of people don't understand about spiritual abuse is that it's literally, it is a betrayal. And in my experience, and I'm going to honestly assume that in your experience also, that betrayal has happened over and over and over again. When you see your former friends and stuff choose abusive leaders or an abusive institution over you and um uh, you have betrayal trauma because if you're like me your your church probably put a presented itself as loving as um you know uh, as long-suffering as family um the people who you thought loved you and cared for you look out for you had your back it turns out they are not those people <laughs> and that realization that someone is not who they said they were, that people that a lot of people are pretending and presenting and putting on an act and that everything that they said was a lie. That's traumatic. That's traumatic. And, you know, it's like 
oh, okay. Your brain's like, like, (laughs) it's like, what the hell? And that brings me to what helped me start healing because I realized that what I realized pretty early on in my, um, my healing process was that is exactly, this is exactly what narcissists do. Um, and so when I'm describing a predatory church, I'm describing what the culture of leadership of a predatory church and how they behave, what it's like. Okay. And so when I'm talking about a predatory church, the leadership of a predatory church is unwilling to take accountability for specific harms. They lack empathy. There is rampant hypocrisy. They are unable to accept criticism. And this is the big one. For a predi- for the leaders of a predatory church, the ends always justify the means, especially in terms of protecting abusive leadership or protecting the fake-ass reputation of the institution. Okay? So those are the five elements of a predatory church. Okay? So if those five little bullet points describe your church, honey, you're also like dealing with narcissistic abuse syndrome and as, as well as spiritual abuse and as well as betrayal trauma. It's a lot of things to stack on each other, but honestly, it felt good to at least put a finger to what the hell was happening to me. And um, that's what I want to do for other people too. Okay. So, um, and also for anyone who's like, oh, well, I'm not a doctor. I can't, I can't, um, what's it called? Diagnose anyone with narcissistic personality disorder or any personality disorder. Um, I, I don't give a if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, if it looks like a duck, it's a duck to me. Okay. And so if they, if a person, if a leadership did not want to be considered toxic or narcissistic, maybe don't act like a toxic or narcissistic church leadership or institution. Right. Um, so I read this awesome, awesome. Oh God. I love this Instagram host. Right. And I read this Instagram post that says, um, if you have all the evidence, you don't need a confession. You don't need a formal confession. You have the evidence of your experience with these evil people. How they treated you was enough. Now you can move forward and heal from their narcissistic traits. And that's what this helps you do. Okay, so this brings us to how we answer the first question. How do we know when we're healing from spiritual abuse or our religious trauma? How will we know? What will that look like? And this is where I introduce you to Dr. Ramani, the love of my life. This woman is a licensed clinical psychologist. She has YouTube videos that are just amazing, have helped me really understand narcissistic personality disorder and kind of what I've been up against um, with my church, especially. And according to Dr. Romney, this is how you'll know you're healing. You know, in another video, I said this, I have often said that the gold standard of narcissistic healing is indifference the point at which you just don't care and you are glad that the person is just no longer in your life you're like i don't care i just do not care what happens to them okay so so that's the goal 
And, um, and I believe that's the goal because unfortunately for spiritual abuse and religious trauma, because um, these people usually have a platform like my church, um, it's like you, you kind of, you get re-traumatized over and over again, especially if you see uh, whoever, whoever these people are hop on stage and talk about love and, and we're a family and um, accountability and all this. And it's like, adding insult to injury. And that was for me. I was like, I can't do this. I felt like I kept getting re-traumatized every time I'd hear a lesson and an understanding that that's not who they are. And so, so when I'd hear that, I'd be like, okay, okay. Yes. Indifference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Thanks. Thanks, Dr. Romney. And I'm like, okay, I don't know how to get there. And then, but I'd also hear things like, oh yeah, don't take it personally. Just don't take what they do personally. And I'm like, how the hell can I not take it personally? It happened to me. <laughs> like, it is so hard not to take their bullshit personally because it happened to you. Um, so the term that really helped me understand where I need to start with my healing was the term emotional independence. Okay. And I'm going to explain to you how I got to emotional independence and what helped me get there. Okay. Um, so... The, the thing that helped me get to the, a place of indifference or emotional independence is, is to listen to the Narcissist Apocalypse podcast, okay? They're survivor stories. And we're not just listening to it, right? We're not just listening to it. No, no. We're going to do some work, okay? Because if the goal of healing is emotional indifference, it's not reacting to their bullshit. It's not taking what they do and what they say personally. That's not going to come overnight. That's something you have to practice. And as someone who doesn't hate you, I will not suggest that you, you know, uh, just wait for the next time you get triggered to practice these things, right? But the crucial step in that, you know, not taking things personally or achieving that emotional independence is understanding. Oh, I want to say what, but who the hell you're dealing with. You have to understand, wrap your head around the type of people who will watch your pain, know that they've harmed you, but never, never attempt to apologize or make amends or do anything that could help you. You have to wrap your head around the existence of the type of people who will take leadership positions in spiritual institutions and churches, right? But they actually don't give a shit about people. These people you'll learn about, these narcissists, uh, people with narcissistic personality disorder and other toxic personalities, they do this. Shit. It is very hard to fathom the type of evil that actually that exists when you're not evil. Okay. And unfortunately, if you're like me, you probably had no idea that these people exist. And we need to create some new neural pathways because of these people do exist and they take these jobs for notoriety or money or the perfect cover to abuse people. Unfortunately, a lot of these people have had decades to practice their craft of manipulation, of pretending to be kind, pretending to have empathy. Of course, that mask slips when, you know, they think no one's watching. 
or they think they won't be held accountable. Look at me. (laughs) That was dumb. (laughs) But anyways, yes, we have to create some new neural pathways to understand that the existence of these people. And it's really interesting because um, I think for me, I'm just going to speak for myself. A lot of my um, discomfort and my like the wrestling and the ruminating thoughts that I had, I was trying to make sense of the situation. And I'm just like, who would do this? How could this happen? This hypocrisy and no one's pointing it out in leadership. But let me tell you, if that's where you are right now, it is so understandable because what happened to you does not make sense. It does not make sense to you because you're not like the people who did this to you. You're a different breed, okay? And so are they. (laughs) And so are they. And we're going to talk about what breed they is. Unfortunately, there's a lot of these people in leadership. They know how to, they know how to spot their own. But um, what was I going to say? But yes, um, my brain was searching for an answer, but it couldn't find one because this answer wasn't in the mix. The existence of narcissistic personality disorder and such horrible people, it was not in the realm of my reality. And so we have to train our brain who was so used to, that is so used to thinking, maybe they didn't hear me. Maybe they didn't understand. Maybe it's me. We have to train them to think, oh, no, no, no. Maybe it's all of them. It's they're the issue and they're the problem in this instance. And so it's just, we have to practice that. And there's no way to really practice that by reading, honestly. I guess you can educate yourself about it, but to practice um I don't know. I see it this way, right? There's like a difference between someone baking 25 cakes and then someone reading 25 cake recipes. I'm, I want cake right now. (laughs) So like if, you know, I would say someone knows how to bake a cake if they make 25 cakes, not if they read 25 recipes, because practice is essential That's knowing, that's doing. And this is, you know, listening to these stories and actively working helps with the doing part, right? (laughs) To help your your brain make sense of the senseless. This podcast is amazing. It does that in an amazing way. And let me tell you how, okay? I'm just hyping this mess up, but I loved it. So I love it so much. So this Narcissist Apocalypse podcast is hosted by... um, Um, Brandon Chadwick and um, the survivor stories are literally stories of people who have survived narcissistic abuse um, and um, relationships with people with narcissistic personality disorder or other um, toxic personality disorders. Okay. And I'm going to list the, um, the four, the four, um, Four survivor stories that I would start with. Those are these are the ones that helped me the most. Of course, check out those trigger warnings. And um, just as I listened to these episodes, I um, I told myself three things. Okay, three things every time I heard um, these stories. And let me tell you, like I I love clarity. So I'm going to tell you everything, and like I'm going to tell you every single reason why I know this worked okay because i analyzed it i took notes as i was healing and this is what i this is what i get okay so these are the three things the three things that i would remind myself of that i would tell myself 
every time I listened to these stories, these horrific and crazy stories, okay? So the first thing I would say is this is who they really are and this is how people like them behave in secret, okay? Every time I would hear something that a crazy narcissist, either man or woman, did, every time I would hear a story about what they did, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what they do, okay? Um, and the, the best thing I realized and made note of was that whenever, whenever I heard any of these stories, and these stories are really intense, they are really intense, and some of them are just great, outright crazy, but every time I heard one of these stories, I never tried to figure out, man, why did that guy do that? Or why did that woman do that? Why would she do that? I never, I never was like, oh man, maybe they can, maybe someone needs to talk to them or try to, you know, reason with them. I, I never had that inclination to try to understand the abuser and their abuse and their reason for abusing. I was just like, the only thing that came to my mind was that person is a psycho. What a horrible individual to do that to another person. And it's because I was an objective observer, right? And I think that's, that was so important to my healing process because I got to train myself to identify abuse and not internalize it. So whenever you listen to these stories, these survivor stories, you're actually practicing. You're practicing, first of all, not shaming the victim for the actions of their abuser. You practice um, empathizing with the victim and placing the responsibility of, for the abuse on the abuser. And so you practice doing that um, to other people because I think, um, okay, I may make, I'm gonna make a little baby Jesus reference. I think there's a reason why um, Jesus used a lot of parables, okay? Because it's like, it is it's a lot easier to digest a story when it's not your own. Because of course, you're going to take your own experience and your own, your own um, trauma and your own story personally, because it happened to you, right? But in, you know, so hearing someone else's story, you've removed that, that element and you're able to objectively clearly see this is a bad guy. The bad guy did the bad thing. To a person who did not deserve it and who never deserved that. And you practice empathy. You get to practice having empathy for yourself. And that's, I'm like, oh, they just suck. <laughs> the abuser just sucks. They're awful. And this helps practice like, why the hell am I ashamed? You're, there's freaking psychos running a religious institution pretending to be normal, but they're weirdos. And <laughs> that's just like, you know, the scientific language of, what's wrong with these people, but you will practice not internalizing, not internalizing someone's abusive behavior. And it made me wonder to myself, why do I keep trying to find a reason, find a reason for the way my church hurt me? Like, why do I keep trying to figure out why they did this stuff? It's enough that they did it in the first place. It's, an, it's to tell me who they are, the fact that they're ignoring my pain and not addressing and not apologizing and not acknowledging anything, any wrongdoing. And they keep doing it. 
And it's like, wait, why do I keep trying to find a reason or trying to reason with them? I need to understand they're fucking nuts. Like that something's wrong with them. And <laughs> and when you start wrapping your head around the the just I guess the pathology or the the existence of just horrible people, um, you can start asking yourself really good questions because it stops being about them and starts looking at you start looking at yourself it's like hey why do i keep looking to them to like an, a monster to help me why do i keep looking to the people who are hurting me to help me so my mindset started off like this is what they did to me this is how they hurt me listening to these stories and understanding who i was dealing with i started to understand that shifted my mindset to Oh, this is who they are. This is what they do to people. Okay. Um, I know it's hard to get to that place. Um, it does take time, but dude, it's, it's worth it. And as you begin to see who toxic people are and see their existence clearly and how there is nothing stopping them from getting a job at a church, there's nothing stopping these evil people from arriving, like, you know, rising in the ranks of a toxic institution, nothing. And so it is beyond possible. In fact, I'm hundred percent sure that these individuals have made their ways into churches and are just harming people because this is what they do. And I understand it's hard to believe when you hear these stories. I know because I was there too, but we have to remember that not one serial killer, not one, um, you know, creepy unabomber or whatever they didn't have i'm a psychopath tattooed to their face when they were born they were a child they grew up and all these things happened but they never had i'm evil across their face so we have to understand that you cannot tell if someone is evil or has a personality disorder just because they wear a smile on their face or just because they don't smile or they're you know most people think I'm mean looking. I'm like, no, no, no. This is just my face sometimes, you know? So it's like, you can't tell. But you, we have to stop looking at that and look at their actions. Um, and the second thing I would say is they are fake and they're manipulative. Because, because honestly, and as you listen to these stories, you'll see like, they don't do this shit in public. To everyone else... They are just this charming person. Okay, so that really is to tell you they know exactly what they're doing because they can turn that off and on. So that's something that you have that you will get, eventually start getting your head around and just remembering that. Because um, I know in my case, there's a lot of shame associated with, you know, with the abuse and just like embarrassment. And there's, there's so much shame because in these spiritual abusive environments, what toxic people will do is that they will literally, literally make everything seem like it's your fault. Like if you would have done something, if you would have done something different, then you wouldn't be in this position. But everything isn't on you. They have a responsibility too. But they never acknowledge that responsibility. <laughs> and that's, that's their problem, of course. It's it, that shame, 
that or that guilt or whatever they those individuals try to heap on others because they can't deal with it, um, will start to understand that they dropped the ball and that there was nothing you could have done to stop them from abusing because that's all they know how to do. You'll see these people in the podcast that they just hurt people for fun. They hurt people because they enjoy it. And it's not, and it gives them some type of sick pleasure to do this to people, unfortunately. And the third thing that I remind myself of is, dude, they're not normal. Something is wrong with people who behave like this. It's not regular. I don't care if it's become regular at your church or your members don't freak out about it. It's not normal because it can honestly dealing with spiritual abuse like especially in regards to like a community thing, it's like it's like you're in the twilight zone. Wrong is not right, right is not wrong, and it's like it's it can feel crazy, but you're not crazy. And unfortunately, if you're someone who's dealing with spiritual abuse, you've probably been isolated. And so there are not people around you who are validating your story, but you get to practice validating that the crazy the hypocritical that your institution did or the church did to you or your community group did. It's like, you know, just anybody else with common sense would have pointed out this is obvious hypocrisy and there's something wrong that it's not being pointed out. But as you validate the abuse, you get to practice, first of all, practice like, oh, okay, I do know the, I do know the difference between right and wrong. You're not confused that what happened to you was wrong. You can see abuse, you can see it's wrong, and you can say something about it. So whenever that time arises or those times happen that you are triggered by your abusers, by, the, by your spiritual abusers, or by people from your religious institution, you have practiced having empathy. You have practiced seeing their behavior for what it is, which is usually baiting or, you know, just being a weirdo or just or trying to hurt people or just being fake. You're and slowly but surely you start understanding that it sucks to be them and it really sucks for the people who are going to interact with them next. But you've got healing to do, and so you can move forward and focus on yourself and not focus on them and their crazy ass, fake ass actions. Um, maybe I'll make another one of this with I'm not when I'm not. <laughs> They ask them, I don't know, whatever. But yeah, so um, so that indifference will come. But I'm, I'm telling you, the first step is understanding who the hell you're dealing with. And, and toxic people, narcissists, they have no empathy. They don't give a damn. So soon you will learn and your brain will understand that they are not an option for you. You will tra- you train yourself to stop looking to them for um, validation for accountability, you will train, you literally train yourself to stop looking at narcissists and toxic abusers for anything, to any to do anything except for just abuse people. And when your when your brain puts that, starts putting that part to bed, you can start focusing on yourself and what you want out of your life and how you want to move forward because you know you can't depend on them. And it it's still painful. No lie, it takes a while, 
but you're practicing that. And that is so important because when your brain shifts to wanting to ruminate, you're like, um, they can't help me. And how do I move forward? You start looking to ways you can better yourself and how you can heal um, without them. Cause you really never had them in the first place. And they just showed you that in the worst way, of course. And so I think a beautiful part of that indifference or that emotional independence is when you're like, when you think of those people, the church leadership or the people who hurt you and like, ew, like, ew, like, it's just, just like, oh, no, like you can do nothing for me. Um, my church leadership tried to, what's it called, kind of hoover me back into membership with they're like dangling at oh if you come talk to us we'll we'll consider membership i was like ew <laughs> that was my initial reaction i was like you have nothing to offer me not a damn thing i want nothing from you you can do nothing for me avi and um i was like that was a that was a sexy ass moment and i want that for everybody um i know i went through a lot but i wanted to get this all into one episode so that it is a starting point for people and i'm going to list the um the four the four um four survivor stories that i would start with those are these are the ones that helped me the most of course check out those trigger warnings and um just practice saying those those just reminding yourself of that truth um I really hope this helps. If there's any clarification that's needed, um, I don't know how my I don't know how to how to get people to access that. I'll figure it out. But yeah, okay. So that's all. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. I hope this helps. Have a good one. <laughs>